0: today, as we go into our message time, we continue our read-through of the New Testament. And my hope is that if you've been here for a few weeks, you've heard about this and that you've joined in. Uh, and what that is, if you haven't been with us, is that we are, as a congregation, reading through the New Testament uh, for this year. And that's five chapters a week, so not that much. And we have some help. So if you're a digital person, uh, we're using the Uversion Bible app. And there's a reading plan called Read Through the New Testament that we're using. Um, Or if you're a hard copy person, there's a copy out on our information desk uh, that allows you to check boxes. Uh, So if that's something that that is a motivator for you, uh, we've got you covered there. And in our bulletins each week, we are having a resource that helps you reflect on what you're reading for the week and also just a way of connecting with each other as we do this as a family. And so this week, uh, we look ahead at the readings to come and we're actually gonna jump to the last reading and it comes from Matthew 20. And in this, Jesus Shares the story that uh, Mrs. Johnson talked about that Pastor Goff read, and I think it really hits on envy and jealousy. Uh, And it kind of brings to light some feelings that we all have felt in our lives. And, And just to clarify, right? Envy is feeling like someone is getting something that only you deserve. Right? I did the work, it should be mine, and yet others are are partaking in all of that. And jealousy is someone has something that you want, and you're jealous, you want to go and get that thing. Right? I can remember a distinct time when I was in middle school, where both of those feelings welled up and it has stuck with me even to today. And that would be when my parents uh, gathered my brother and I to tell us that he was going to be able to stay in Texas uh, to finish his high school career. But I would be uprooted to move to Japan to start my freshman year the next year. And so there was this uh, jealousy that he, of what he got And an envy of all the people who were going to be in that community and be able to stay. You see, we all have things like that. And if we let them fester, those seeds that come into our lives, they, they go into anger and even hatred. And it's hard to just let them go. And so Jesus speaks into this as he is speaking to the people around him. And we read another parable, this, this parable of the vineyard owner. And parables, uh, if you were here with us last week, we talked about how they're an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. So if we, tie, if we dive into this earthly story, we see that it's, it's really about a landowner and the first group of people that he hired to come and uh, harvest his vineyard. In that first group, he has an agreement. He has a negotiation that has happened. So this group enters into, even if it's just a handshake agreement, that they're going to get paid for their day's work. That's what a denarius was in that time. In context, it's the amount of wages you would get for a day's work. So they're getting their fair share, right? So they're, they're in it to win it. They're going to go do the work, and they're ready to go. And yet there's this foreman that goes out and he finds people. And uh, I, another version of the Bible labels it like this. The third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, the eleventh hour. I think for me that gives this like, idea that it's, it's a really full day of work. right? These guys aren't slacking off. But here we see that people are, are being invited in. Come on. You're just standing there holding up the wall. No, come and get some work done. Come with me and work. And in that there's no negotiation, there's no agreement, it's just come with me and I will will pay you what, what it is that you're doing, for what you're doing. But we see in that final comments that are made that that first group, Envy, is starting to come in because they've done all the work, they've done all that was asked of them, and yet... The people who worked one hour are getting paid the same. We can relate, right? Things like this have happened in our lives where we say, well, life's not fair. That is not fair at all. If you're a family with young kids, you may have someone who just makes sure things are fair in your home. That, that if something is out of whack, they're going to point it out, right? Right? But we all know, whether it's a job or homework or a trip that was canceled or whatever it may be, that life's not fair. And we learned this at an early age. So I I took an opportunity this week uh, because we had school on Monday and Tuesday and then the snow came, right? And as we had school, I thought, you know what? Let's ask the kids. It's National Lutheran Schools Week. They're having fun. They're all dressed up in their neon for their— reading within their blacklights and, and dressed up as movie characters, let's just ask them, what does it mean when someone says life's not fair? And here's some of the responses we got. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't really know. We do really know. Someone just that people yes. say it's not fair. Yes, Ava. Yes, you are right, Ava. That is what that means. Because if sometimes people don't know what it means, they can, um, someone can say it again, then I'm sure they'll remember. Not probably having an easy life. Mm, that you don't get to do what you want. Yes. I was just thinking. Or maybe it's when another person is bragging. Um, Like, when you say, like, life's not fair, it means, like, if somebody else, like, gets something that you wanted and you say, like, life's not fair, it's like, you really wanted it, but you didn't get it. It means they're not going to always get your way. Something's, like, you wanted something and, like, they didn't let you get it and like you're like life's not fair. That people will be mean and not feeling nice, but they're gonna be nice back. It means like 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 jobs. Like you want this higher roll job but you don't get it because someone else is better at it. But you think that's not fair because you think that you're better than that. Um, it means you don't always get what you want when you want it. Life's not fair means to me, like, you don't get to choose what you want always. And what she said, you don't always get what you want. And, like, let's say, like, your sibling or something gets, like, something that's bigger than yours <coughs> and you want that so you get jealous of them and then you like you're like that's not fair that they get the bigger one and i get the smaller one How <laughs> <laughs> are you supposed to answer that that's not fair it means that like everybody's in different circumstances so like If someone's doing better than you, it's not fair. Everybody's life is different. I think that it means that, like, you're not always going to get what you want and that everyone is going to have different, like, things that they can do and you can't just because of how they are and who they are. Uh, You don't always get what you want. You can see that as life progresses from preschool through eighth grade, there's a better understanding of what that means that life's not fair because they've experienced it more and more. And so Jesus, as he's teaching on this, is touching on something that hits everyone. At some point, we, we take that and we internalize it, that life's not fair. But thankfully, that's not where Jesus ends the story, just to say that life's not fair, so go deal with it, right? Sometimes that's what we tell ourselves or we tell other people, but that's not where Jesus leaves the story. He leaves it with the landowner. And the landowner really coming in to say, you know what? It's not fair, but you know what? It's mine to do with what I want. And I want to give my money to everyone. We see this heavenly meaning behind all of this, that it comes down to grace. You see, up to this point, a lot of people thought it was all about the works that they did and how perfect they were if they could get into heaven, if they could have an eternal life. And Jesus begins to flip the story around like he does with so many things. He begins to share a story that says, no, you are covered in grace, simply because God cares for you. Not because of how great you are, all the things you've done, because life's not fair, but because God loves you that much. And we know the rest of that story too, that, that it's really because of Jesus and his death and resurrection that we are able to claim that grace for ourselves or see it enacted in our lives, that God has come to us just as the vineyard owner came to those workers. And so what does grace mean for us? What does it mean in our lives that God has covered us in his grace and he's come to us? Well, again, another opportunity to ask our kids. And so I did. And so we asked those same kids, if life's not fair, then what does grace mean? And here's some of their responses. Um. I think I I think there's one person named Grace that um hmm I don't know. like I don't know which letter it starts. You no, know, maybe I know. Is that right G or that Jesus is good? No. spreading in God. Being kind and loving. Anything else? No. Or Jesus heals everybody. Grace is like what God's like giving you. And grace is like what God's giving you. And it's like good, so maybe... Um, grace is—it's something that um you get, but like you don't deserve it. So have mercy on us. Like Grace is like um like if you do like and make like, a mistake and like and you don't think that your parents can forgive you and everyone's like, I'll give you grace this one time. Like, they give, they're give, they giving you a second chance to do what you did so you can do it over again. Grace is what believers are promised when you die and go to heaven. I don't know. <laughs> if, like, you do something wrong, you get forgiven immediately. I think grace means when you don't um when someone forgives you grace means that like he gives you heaven even though you don't deserve it and that we sin so he just forgives us um getting God's love even when you don't deserve it I think that grace is like getting God's love and God's mercy even when you don't deserve it or you've done something wrong yeah, God giving you something that you don't deserve. So it's just all God's works and none of yours. You see once again that our kids, as they're nurtured in their faith, they begin to to understand and have better understanding. That it's not someone's name in another class, but it is really this undeserved gift that God has given us. And we see Jesus enacting this uh, as he's even on the cross and dying for the sins of the world, there's a criminal next to him. And in that, he, inv- he says, you're going to be with me in paradise, right? So there's going to be all kinds of people who are shown God's grace, each and every one of us, but it doesn't just stop with us. God's story continues on into the world. And, and Jesus shared a radical message with the people of his day. And I think it's still radical. And it's this. It's not about how good you are. What you've done. right? Those are, those are good things. And, and people take note of them. But really it is about God's love and his forgiveness. Which is given freely to all of us. And as we look at that. We can say, well, life's not fair. But grace is. Grace is is fair because it covers each and every one of us. And so Jesus' radical message of love and forgiveness that brings hope covers us. And so if you're here and you've never heard this before, know this and hear these words. You are loved and you are forgiven and there is hope because of what Jesus has done for us. Dying on the cross, taking our sin, our jealousy, our envy, and all of it. And forgiving us so that we can have that hope for tomorrow. And as we go from this place, my hope is that we would take that. And as we read through the scriptures, we would realize that yes, Jesus' message, as radical in the day as it was, to say that you are loved and you are forgiven, no matter what, it covers us too. That there's nothing we can do that takes us out of that. Right? And so Jesus, as he ends this parable, he ends it with the last will be first and the first will be last. He flips things on their heads and he continues to do it in our lives. So it's not about what other people are doing or what they get, but it's about what we've received. And if we really believe that we are covered in grace, we share that grace with the world around us. he's, He's come to us We become his hands and feet to the world around us, which means that we are loved to love. We are forgiven to forgive. And we have a hope to share with the world around us. And we do that as we're in his word, as we're processing it, as we're living it out daily. We're sharing stories of love and forgiveness with the people around us. And as we do that, we make a difference. We see that grace cover more and more people And we see God's kingdom enacted in our lives, through us, and in the world. Just as he has for centuries, from all of time. He has covered people with his grace and will continue to cover all mankind. And that is an amazing story to be a part of. Amen.